yeah, I think we took a giant step as far as kind of how we do things. I mean, we have the talent. Um, we got the guys that can go out there and make the plays. But uh, like Coach Reed, Coach Reed runs a tough training camp. It's just kind of what we've been known for. I think it makes us better for it. Um, and I think guys, as we went on, understood that. And they came out with the, the mindset they're going to compete every single day. And you, I think you saw, you saw offense have good days, you saw defense have good days, and that's usually a good sign for a good football team. Ah, yes, the best podcast in the history of the world on the Chiefs is back again, baby. And I know, Serta, you are so happy to be a part of that. Absolutely. I'd love for you to just say it. The best podcast in the history of the world on the Chiefs right there. Just say it, Serta. Say it, Uh, Serta. I I think it's the best podcast network in in the world. uh, Great. Specifically Uh, this show, Show and BK on the Chiefs. You know. Serta as well. The best Sort of just say it. I, I don't know if our listeners realize this, but I actually manage the entire network. So but, I, got, I got my hands in this whole thing. So clearly. All, all, all the content you know and love at arrowheadpride.com, your guy Steve comes across yeah. his desk. <laughs> coast to coast has to pick it up. The British guys have to pick it up. Uh, they're all chasing us. And, and, and it's great to be oh, in the lead. Great. They're all great. They're, uh, no, they're all great. They're all battling there's, for second. Thank you. There is just a second level that they're reaching right now. I no, I uh, no. We we got football back. We got to watch a real game, uh, and I want to first acknowledge eleven play drive. They got Pat and everybody up out of there after the first drive. I'm glad. Uh, to me, it made sense. It was eleven plays. Uh, you knew the Bears weren't going to do a damn thing. Uh, just, just that you saw enough. You needed. It, you saw everything you needed. So, thank goodness they got him out there. All right. I was at a. I was watching the game at a bouncy house. I had a birthday party. It was a. a, a I was at a bounce factory watching the game. And I'm like, get him out. Get them out. And they did. So, thank you, Andy. I will take that lie again, as you lied to us all the time. I will take that lie happily. But you know what? Everybody talked about the new, as they always do, sexy toys. All right. Everybody talked about the offensive guys and, 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 Ooh, look at Pat, you know, Ooh, look at this. They're talking even, even Burton, the fullback got some run. Everybody talks about the sexy thing, but, um, did you just call the fullback the new sexy thing? Oh, right. Well, they were talking about him. Yeah. He was, they talked about him <laughs> more than I think somebody that they didn't okay. talk about. Shall we start we talking heard about a lot. Burton is the new Kyle Juszczyk? Like, is he playing himself into that role? Some no are wondering. In the NFL? Listen, we don't have do, – do you want to have serious conversations <laughs> tonight or, or do you or do you want to fool around? Everybody loves a good fullback conversation. What I can guarantee you no one else on the you? podcast network has had that conversation this week. <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to do it either, okay? <laughs> so stop it. No, no. All right, Burton got him a touchdown. I'm just, you know, he's a part of the sexy toys, I guess. But the other side of the ball, who was the best player on the other side of the ball? I think we would agree. I think it was obvious, but he's just not getting a lot of run. The best player on the defensive side of the ball, I'll let you say it, BK, because he he deserves his flowers. And really, it sets up, if you watch them, if he continues to this, this, this changes the defense and changes things. And he looks like he could be a difference maker on the defense. 
The Chiefs have been chasing a sideline to sideline linebacker since Derek Johnson was in his prime. They've been trying to recapture that in their defense God for years now. They've paid big money for it. They've drafted guys high for it. They've drafted guys late for it. They have really been after somebody that can be a sideline to sideline linebacker. And what I saw from Willie Gay on Saturday looked like the guy that can be that player for them. I I don't know how there aren't more people talking about Willie Gay right now because he made me need a cigarette and a sandwich after watching that on Saturday. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. Real Gay was... you have to go get a Marlboro, baby. Bill <laughs> Gay, get you a new port, baby. That's right, Bill Gay in the building. Make you light it up and a sandwich, baby. That's right. I was amazed. I didn't know he had it in him, guys. I I thought this was going to be just, you know, Willie Gay's going to have his ups. He's going to have his downs. More, more often than not, it was going to leave you wanting a little bit more. Not on Saturday. I left fulfilled. I left feeling like Willie Gay had taken that next step, and he can be that guy for them. And, Ron, to Serta's point, if you have Willie Gay taking that next step, and we saw last year Nick Bolton at worst is a really solid middle linebacker. You feel good about him being there. But you need somebody next to him with speed. And if Willie Gay is going to be that guy, that is one of the pieces that can unlock so much for Steve Spagnolo. Suddenly you've got, for the first time in a long time, some real speed at the second level of your defense. And now those guys up front can go to work and you've got a linebacker that can make some plays outside of the tackles. Dude, what we saw on Willie Gay, it was one tackle in the box score, box score. But my goodness, that was way more than that when you went back and rewatched some of what he was able to do. Listen, um, he is the one, and I think you, you guys will agree, Bill Gay is the one, his skill set is the best one that could fit to being a difference maker in a, in a big, in a big way from that position, not just somebody. Cause I think Nick Bolton has the ability to just be really, really solid and make a lot of tackles and make a lot. But when you're talking about guys like here with the, with the chiefs is the name you brought up, Derek, Derek Johnson, who, who Derek Johnson, you will look up, right. He'll have three, four picks and he may, and he may take one to the house. And if you really want to get freaky with it, you got a guy like Shaq. Shaq, uh, 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 I, I get so messed. I just I'm trying not to call him by this first name. He has changed his name to Shaq, and and I and I get myself tripped up when I have to call him Leonard. Yes, I, I I'm trying to respect him and not call that man Darius because I don't understand, sir. You've been in the league for seven years, and now you're and now you're switching it up. Why didn't you just go by Shaq from the start? But to be he's honest, gonna, I forgot he changed his name. I'm glad you. Said I'm that. trying so hard. <laughs> I'm trying. I've 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 fought myself. I'm trying to to get up to a point where a guy like Shaq <laughs> Leonard is able to get you know eight nine turnovers at times and get picks and, and just find his way around the ball. The speed he has, the awareness it looks like he has. He seems like he has just a natural instinct to be around the ball and he's he has the talent and skill set to be a difference maker and it does feel like is this year three in which you know where you, you know you've seen it where the point it meets where oh i'm not thinking as much 
and I'm just playing because I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm supposed to be. I know what they're doing. And now I can just play and not think. There comes a point where a couple years in, like, you know, the first two years, you're, you're thinking and you're not just, bam, reacting. And and I feel like we may be entering that. And that's that's what I saw from really Willie Gay that was a difference in. And I think maybe at the end of the year, you started to see that too. But that's what I'm seeing is a confidence of where the hell I'm going and what I'm doing and what, what I'm supposed, my assignments and his speed and his ability naturally is taking over because he's not thinking as much. And I think I think that could be a really, really big step because with his speed and his ability, if he's just playing free and knows what he's doing, that that is that will unlock the special potentially that's there. I'm so glad we're talking about Willie Gay and that that everyone saw what I saw in that game on Saturday because he's a guy at training camp that I feel like I've mentioned him so many times on our training camp reports with Pete, where it sounds like Willie Gay is just out there looking like he's the best linebacker on the team and nobody's talking about it because there is this infatuation with Nick Bolton and maybe some of it's because he's a Mizzou player. And I think Nick Bolton is going to be a really good player for the chiefs, but Willie Gay has the most upside of any linebacker on this team in my opinion. And I don't think it's really that close because of his athleticism. And we've seen it in small sample sizes through his first two years in the NFL. He, when he gets an extended amount of playing time, he seems to find himself around the football. Like he forced a fumble as a rookie, had two interceptions last season. And, you know, he was injured early in the season. Then he came on late and, and had some impact plays for the chiefs, but he's an extremely athletic linebacker. And if you can get a full season of that, and now he's understanding the defense and understands all the components uh, of what it takes to be a starting linebacker in the NFL, I think his ceiling is really high. I I'm not willing to go out and say, you know, he's going to be like Fred Warner or Levante David in coverage or something like that. But he's got that kind of athleticism. Like he's got that kind of speed where he can fly sideline to sideline and he can actually run with some of these wide receivers and cover and make plays like that. And the athleticism to grab interceptions and stuff like that. I'm so excited for him. I think I'm more excited for him on this defense than I am anybody else at this point. To put some names on what you guys are talking about, I know you've mentioned a few, but when you look at like the measurables for Willie Gay when he came out of the NFL draft, here's some of the guys that compared to him in terms of his size and his speed. Bobby Wagner is the closest comparison for what he is. D'Amico Ryans uh, was a really good linebacker with similar size speeds. Uh, Ryan Shazier with the Steelers was a guy that had something similar. Kenneth Walker, who now plays for the Chargers, he hasn't totally lived up to expectations, but he was an exciting prospect, and they've still got high hopes for him out in L.A. That's the kind of player that Willie Gay were talking about with him. And when you have that kind of an upside and you have this kind of a steady drumbeat, and I think that's the important thing here as well. If it was a one-off and he just like randomly started showing out in this preseason game and he, there was really no hype about him in training camp, okay, I'm probably not talking about him today because then it's just a one-off. It, it's just a few plays that he made that were nice and we can kind of all move on with our collective lives. This is different because in training camp, it feels like every day there was at least one or two plays that he made, whether it be in coverage or in the inside drill, whatever it was, that it was like, okay, Willie Gay starting to come around here. This is something different than what we've seen in previous years. For him to do that in training camp and then to back it up in the game, 
that's where I think this might be a little bit different for him. And I do think that it is possible, as Serta saying, this is actually the year that he takes that next step. And if he does, and the ceiling on him is pretty close to limitless, if you've got the potential, I don't think he's going to be Bobby Wagner. That's a Hall of Fame level player. But if you can be that tier below him, who, buddy, that, that should be really exciting for Chiefs fans. I, I'm just intrigued on in everything that he put the potential of what he can do. Like, I, I think he's a guy that could be a hell of a blitzer, too. I, I think there's a lot of different things with his with his speed and skill set and power that he can potentially could potentially do. So yeah, Willie Gay is somebody that definitely deserves to be talked about and looked at. So shout out to Bill Gay. I I, I, I gotta I gotta say this. I mean this when I when I ask this question. I mean it sincerely, and I feel like some people are gonna laugh or something. Is Danny Shelton too big? Hey, listen. The ass on that man. I saw. They seem I happy saw, with his playing weight right now. He seems happy with it too. Seems like he's moving around fine. No, I, I, I know it. I saw Danny Shelton walking down that same hill. That uh, who, who is the uh, the all time great uh, for uh, uh, Kansas City ABC local? What's her name? The sports uh, Karen. Yeah, Karen Karnacki. I saw him walking down that same hill. Karen Karnacki rolled down. Where you going? Rolled that same hill. Karen rolled down and fell at training camp several years back. I saw Danny Shelton walking down that same hill, and everything was shaking. Everything was moving. (laughs) I said, "That big ninety-two. I said, "Look at that big joker." That's what my grandpa would have said if he saw him. Look at that big joker. I mean, you see him from behind. I mean, that is that is. I don't think the Chiefs have had a player that big since Chester McLaughlin. That is a big son of a gun. And I and I mean this. I've just I am having a hard time recalling a player across the defensive line that size, that type of player under Spags. And and and, and I mean I know he's had a lot of stops, but especially the ones where he's been real successful. Like you just like this is what he looks like is 3-4 nose tackle that you just sit right there uh, fr- uh, right in front of the center. Ted Washington used to do this, Vince Wilfork, um Tony Saragusa rest in peace. Like though like like that was like bam sit him right there in front. I'm just not used to I don't think I can recall him having a player that size. Cuz I don't care I don't know what he's listed in. Whatever he's listed, I'm adding 20 to it. And I, I think just, he said he was like 340 this week, 345, yep, something 365 like that. 365 sounds <laughs> right. I, 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 because he looks every bit of 370. I'm going to just be frank with you. Uh, I just, I just don't, I don't recall him having a player that size. I'm just, I just, it's just, it's just interesting because it seems like his, his philosophy is that those guys moving forward, going forward and penetration, penetration forward. You see Chris Jones, we see Nadi. This is a let me just stand still and hold blocks and take people. That, that he seems like much more of a three four fit, but I, I I'd be interested to see how they use him. He just I just don't recall nobody that big, him having that style of player. So Snacks Harrison, Damon Harrison, I call him Snacks. I like Snacks. He's six three three hundred and fifty pounds. At least that's what he's listed at. Kind of like you, Ron. I'm willing to go up to three sixty if you want to. He was with Spags in New York from 2016 to 2017. 
And in 2016, he was so damn good in Steve Spagnuolo's system that he was a first-team All-Pro that year. And the Giants rode him and that defensive line to the tune of an 11-5 and record, ended up going to the playoffs that season in large part because of what they were able to do against the run up front. I think that's what they have in mind when they're thinking of Danny Shelton, rather. Now, I don't think that he is Snacks Harrison. I think this is a guy that's going to come in I don't think he's going to play more than like two or three plays in a row. Like that's, that's what you're looking at. He comes in, plays two or three plays, goes back to the sideline, takes like three. five off, <laughs> comes back in, play probably two plays first and second down. I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of third down snaps, goes back to the sideline. I think they just want him to eat double teams, man. Allow Chris Jones to do his work next to him. Uh, have some defensive ends that are able to penetrate and then just have Danny Shelton be in a Big ass dude sitting down there in the middle eating some doubles. I, I think that's the goal for him. And if that's what your goal is, this is a guy who can do that. I mean, just by his sheer size. I saw some videos of what he was doing this week in practice. There was one time where the Chiefs offensive line triple teamed him because they couldn't get around him. They couldn't get their blocks up to the next level. And I think that's kind of what they're hoping for from him. And I think this defense, like what's something that they've been bad at over the last several years, stopping the run. Like they, they just not have, have not been a good defense. It's stopping the run. That's one of the things we talked about a ton with Chris Jones's game. Like he is just not good against the run. He wants to rush the passer. He doesn't really care about stopping the run. That's just not really what he does. I, I think Danny Shelton's just that kind of guy. And we know Derek Noddy can, can be solid at, at that. I don't really know about Colin Saunders. Uh, I don't really know about Taylor Stallworth, like if you want to go that deep. But Danny Shelton has proven in the league that he could at least be that. He could just be a middle clogger. He can be a guy who eats up blocks. And he can be a guy who just tries to stuff the middle of the line and, and jam up those running backs when you try to run it up the middle. Like I, I think that's something that they know they needed to fix. And so he was a late training camp ad, but the reason we're talking about him so much is because he's going to make this team yep. and he's going to wind up having a role on this team. I'm not, I'm not saying he can't. I, yeah. That, that seems like if you just say, what's the strong suit of, of Danny Shelton, everything that you explained, that's it. I'm just not accustomed to that being what Steve Spagnola is, is trying to get on, on this, especially that big. I mean, Derek Noddy is the biggest we've seen. I mean, this is, this is a dude that's just, like I said, in the in the range of Tony Saragusa, those guys that just sit right there. And, I, I'm, and I'm cool with it. And, and maybe maybe this is something where maybe we see some versatility with the defense from Spags. Maybe he is able – maybe he's going to try to do some different things. But generally, he is just – his guys have been penetrators. And this is not a penetrator. This is a stop, hold blocks, and – Hold people there, and we'll see. I, I, I know I'd be doing a lot of passing when I saw him in the game. I'd, I'd be doing a lot of kill, kill, and let me tire his ass out, you know, with a with a pass rush. But it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I I think that is – I wonder what his usage will be. Like, is this just straight up on rundowns? And, you know, what – I mean, is, how much does that take from Naughty? Because that's what I would have thought that's what Naughty is doing. I, it'll be interesting to see. So, to, to your point, Ron, I, I am curious how much of an influence Joe Cullen had in a <laughs> signing like this. The new defensive line coach, he was in Baltimore from 2016 to 2020, and they've had some big monsters in the middle of that defense, specifically thinking of Brandon Williams, who's been a really good nose tackle for them over the years. I wonder if he got in Spag's ear and said, hey, 
we're missing a little bit of girth on the interior. We we need some size up there. Um, I don't know that to be true, but just speculating wise, because this is kind of a it's going a little bit away from what we've seen from the penetrating defensive tackles that we've seen in recent years with Spags. Uh, maybe Joe Cullen brought a little bit of new energy into that defensive line room and said, this is what I need. This is if you're going to get me to do the things that I like to do up front. This is the kind of guy that I need you to go out there and acquire. And this guy fit into that. All right, let's get to the meat. We said this last week. And you I know tell we, me Danny Shelton wasn't the meat? No, Danny wasn't the meat. In this, in this occasion, Danny was a, was deviled eggs. He was he was a small – That was appetizer, eh? Some broccoli. Some Not a big deviled eggs guy. Are you a deviled eggs guy? Yeah, huh? I do. I like them, boy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't love them. I can, I'll I can eat pop them, them if that's all in. that's around. If that's all that's around. No, I'll pop them suckers in. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a devil's egg. Give me mm. some paprika over there. Yeah. I'm a devil's egg type fella. Uh, But let's get to the meat of this. We talked about this in the podcast. I said, listen, I want everybody to slow down. Calm down on Isaiah Pacheco. Let's just slow down. Seventh round pick out of Rutgers. Let's just, let's say, all right, they're not even finishing. They're not even tackling to the ground. Let's just slow down. I'm hearing, hey, he could be the number two. Hell, he could share time. I heard Pete Sweeney say he could share time by the by the middle of the season. Him and him and Clyde could be splitting splitting time at the running back position. I said, let's calm down. I said, I want to see him in an actual game. The comparisons that I've heard to Kareem Hunt, to Kareem Hunt, let's just stop. Because that that's not it. That, 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 let, let's calm down. Kareem Hunt. There is no comparison because Kareem Hutt can only dream of being as explosive as this cat is. Let me tell you something. I'm excited to watch what they're going to do with him. And I'm going to tell you, it's not as much as it is about him. I see the skill set that he has, but it's as much as about what they can do with him. It's as much as about of, ooh, I can look at him and I can already see the twinkle in Andy and Eric and Nagy and all that, all those guys. I can see it in their eyes. And it's as much as about when you see a player with his skill set that can do a lot of different things of what Andy and company can do to get the best out of him. Now, if he were going to some other team, if he were right now heading to Pittsburgh or heading to, uh, to, to, to Cleveland or heading to, Seattle, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't know that I would have the same feel. I, I've seen some guys like that. Here, you can already see that they they've got some thoughts with him, and you can see with that speed, that uh, that that power that he brings for his build, every skill set that he has, you can see Andy and company really draining everything out of it. So I think. These jokers in the seventh round have found somebody that can be a real player. Now, I'm not going to get crazy. Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing as a, as a rookie. I don't think he's, he's even needed to do that. He's going to have that. But he is going to have a really big impact, and you can see mainly how they would use him, how Andy and them would use him. That, that's, what, that's what jumped out as soon as I saw him. So I've been really struggling to find – the right comparison for 
what we saw, and it was so brief. And I think that's part of this too. Is like, man, the usage that you saw him coming in right away, being the second running back that was in that game on Saturday, and then the fact that he was out of the game by the end of the first quarter, the way that you would utilize a a starter. I think all of that goes into what we're talking about here as well. But after we saw him again, briefly, you look at some of the ways that he's able to go about things. He's a good pass catcher based on all reports from training camps. And then what, what he's also done in college, he's unbelievably fast. Like he ran a four, three, seven 40, as you mentioned, Ron. And yeah, but, look- but also, but also BK, you see it. Yes. Like there, there are some guys who run a, 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 a a good 40 time that have good speed, but it doesn't show out on the field. He, you see it shows out on the field. He is moving away from people consistently and doing it quick. Yeah. There are some guys that play faster or slower than their 40 time on yeah. the field. And, and he, his is legit. His, he looks like a four, three, four, four guy when he's out there and he's able to get to full speed quick too, which sometimes is a struggle for some of these guys. The comparison I came up with, I don't even know if it's perfect, but DeAndre Swift, there's a little bit of running style similarities between those two guys of running hard, running physical, but also having that top end speed and being really quality pass catchers. I I think there are some similarities there, but even that one doesn't feel one for one. It's, It's really unique what the Chiefs got in Isaiah Pacheco. And I don't want to oversell it. I don't want to overhype it because I don't know what the production is going to look like for him this year, just because I'm not sure how many carries he's going to be able to get, especially in the first half of the season. But man, what you saw on Saturday did nothing to quell my excitement for what, whether it's this year or future years. And fellas, don't you, doesn't it, 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 does it come off to you and watching him in practice and, you know, in game, in the one game, I don't know. It feels like he's got more in there as a pass catcher than just a normal back. Like I, like I was sitting there thinking like, boy, like him in the positions that they had McKinney in last year. And you can see like it, and, and he excelled in the short wow. passing game, but it Remember feels the Damian like Williams role. The Damian yeah. Williams role could and, fit Isaiah Pacheco. But, it feels, he's, but it, he's got power too. He's not just yeah, fast. Man, like McKinnon, it, McKinnon's fast, but he's got power. Yes. He ran over. He ran over one of the Buffalo Bills corners uh, to get a first down in that, in that playoff game. But it, it. But it feels like I don't know, man. It, it feels like he's got more receiver skills than than just a normal back. Like I, I would not. And maybe it's because he's wearing 10 <laughs> and he favors <laughs> Tyreek sometimes. But I like I but I could I I could see him running a slant. I could see him running like not not just routes for backs out of the backfield, but routes receiver routes. I, I, I don't know. I just think there is more from that. That's what I, that's one of the things I saw was like and I, I I got, you know, I'm weird. So I went back and start watching like some of the routes that Brian Westbrook used to run when he was with the Eagles, that they used him more than just, he ran more routes than just a back. I don't know. There's, there's, I don't know. There's something there as a receiver that I think he has a little bit more than just, just regular routes that that a running back runs. I'm not ready to go (laughs) there. Um, (laughs) I guess. Where's where's there? To just say that 
Oh, he's got more as a wide receiver. Like he looks like he could do a lot more. Like I didn't know. I didn't say wide receiver. I just said he seems like he can run. He's got okay. more routes. Like I, you just see him. Just you watch yeah. him, and you've watched him in practice. Just thought, yeah, he's just swing route guy. No. He's just a- I, I mean, like Kareem Hunt, like his role, he he did a lot of those design screens, and he would do those wheel route passes, like in that game against New England Patriots. Like Kareem Hunt, they used him like that multiple times and he was really good at that i think isaiah pacheco can do that and has shown that he can be a really good wide receiver and he's faster and more explosive which is really exciting so i don't know i'll I'll, i need to see how they utilize him a little bit more as a wide receiver but as far as that game goes like in that short amount of time i would i learned everything that i needed to know about how he's viewed in this offense like him getting reps with the first team offense, him not playing again after that and leaving the football game that early. It's everything that I needed to know. They view him as the number two running back on this team. Like he, he is going to have a huge role in this offense this season. I'm sorry. I just, I, I I need that. I I can't. What, What did they have Tyreek when he first got here? Was he, was he immediately put with receivers? He was doing a little because bit he of was work a back, both, right? Because he was a back in college. Like he I, was, I just he he was immediately a wide receiver, but he was mostly like a return guy early on, and then they started putting him with wide receivers. But I think he might have been working with the running backs because they utilized him that way, like out of the backfield a lot yeah. early in his career. I just but I just want to wide receiver. I just wonder what they see when they see him. I just see him running. More, especially in practice, I see him running routes that aren't running back routes uh, alone. I see him running running back routes. I just I wonder what they see because I what's so what what job do we know he has? He's the returner, right? Oh, he's the yeah, return. Yeah. He's the return guy, like the person who wore his number when he first got here. He was the return. I'm not. I'm not saying he is going to be the next Tyreek. I'm just saying I wonder how in their mind they're use, they they view him and how they're going to use him. Because I, I wonder will we see him used in a similar fashion that Tyreek was used in year one. I don't like, think ever, so. Because Ty, Tyreek lined up outside quite a bit. If you're looking for usage, I think it's going to be more in line with like Damian Williams. I think that's more in line with what I'm expecting from his and, usage. And maybe, where I, he was a little bit of he was used quite a bit in the passing game and he was mostly a third down guy for the chiefs early on until he eventually had to take over some of the, that role as like the lead back whenever everybody went down in front of him. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just in, and maybe it is that he's more back. And then I'm just intrigued to see how they, how they're going to use him because his, 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 his receiver skills are a lot. That, that was probably the thing that's impressed me the most. His receiver skills are, are more than what I, I thought him to be. So I, I was impressed by him. I was impressed. Go ahead, IP. You think he drinks IPAs? Probably not. No. No chance. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was in San Diego. I was at the Padres game. And you had a delicious IPA? No. I walked over and I was I was getting they had like a beer garden, or whatever, and I was going to grab it. And I and I was I was trying to get uh, like this um, kibacha or whatever it is for my wife. And the guy comes over. He was like, 
He's like, is that what you're you're looking for? And I was like, I'm trying to look for this grapefruit, so whatever he kombucha, goes. Kombucha, is that what it's called? Yeah, it, what did I say? Kombucha, kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> and he I was like, I know what it is. I'm just like, he it. was like, he was like, oh, oh no, man, that's an IPA. I was like, oh, I'm good. He was like, oh, okay. I don't know no black folks that drink IPAs. <laughs> I said, well, that's yeah. probably, it's probably like that right. Episode, it's like that episode, episode of Atlanta. Of Atlanta. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> what, tell me what kind of IPAs you have with that. <laughs> black folks is drinking any IPAs. All right. I want to I, I say, unfortunately, the news that I was, I was very, very nervous. I thought McCole Hardman was going to go down with some kind of groin Serious groin injury. Hold on, hold on. We got to break this down a little bit further. Ron broke McCole Hardman. That's not true. It's it's, it's not I true. Much is. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, Ron, I, the, the the timing on this it was YouTube was broke up. No, hey, listen, Arrowhead Pride's own Mark Gunnels did a Twitter Spaces with McCole Hardman. He did not get injured after that Twitter Spaces. They did an hour-long Twitter Spaces talking about whether a hot dog's a sandwich. And he was totally fine. As soon as you started hyping up McCole in the group chat, he goes down in practice. Uh, he didn't, first off, unless it goes down, is it, let's, we found out that he's clear. It's not that serious. He'll be just fine. Don't put this on me. Okay, it was your negativity. <laughs> in response to me that then set the stage for him going down with this groin injury. It is it was so it was YouTube. Ron texted us at 10 11 yesterday, 10 11 a.m. I can already tell you I'm hot on McCall Hardman. He looks different. <laughs> he looks contract year is undefeated, kind of different. Shout out to Rez. at 10 12 a.m. the exact same time. Pete Sweeney tweets, McCall Hardman just went down after a play. Looks to be in a bit of pain. <laughs> I Might know be that his left leg. If He's limping off under his own power. If we're it was looking the at exact moment. Ron, it, was not, it was not. If we're looking at I, timing. If I, had, if I had notifications on my phone for Pete's Twitter account, which I should. That's a mistake by me that I don't. I refuse. I, I would have received his notification at the exact same time that my phone rang because you texted us. It had to happen prior to me texting that. Because if you look at the time in which Pete probably had to pull his phone out to text it, it had to happen prior to me even saying it. So it didn't have anything well, to do with it. Then if you go by that route, you were thinking about your text before you actually. That's not, no, it. you don't know. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I just shouted out. I wasn't thinking about it at all. Uh, as soon as you started thinking about it, yeah. he goes and lines up and he fire off the text. <laughs> All I, I know is that I had been thinking about Pacheco it long before that. If Pacheco gets hurt in the game this weekend, it's on Ron because Ron was the one that finally came around after all this time. Finally, I just we we got one week of him. Listen, I don't care what you say. McColl is good. Okay, it's not a serious injury. He is fine. I don't know. And as I said, the groin this spasm. Week, as I described it as, you know, I had one last night. As I said <laughs> in that tweet, I'm sorry, I was watching that Manti Teo <laughs> documentary on Netflix, and I had a groin spasm myself. It was weird. Um, but I, as I said, he looks different to me. He looks different, and I have a comp, and I'm not going to say it yet because. I, I, I'm savoring before I see this look on BK's face. 
of what of what I think he I think he took a step last year. Now I don't care if you guys don't believe it. It wasn't a great, it wasn't a huge step. I think he took a step last year, especially towards the end of the season. He was he was about making a huge play in every game down the stretch. Probably about the last five, six games, there was one big play that he made. I think he has taken a step. He's got a little bit more serious. Lord knows I can admit that McColl y'all you don't you don't feel a hundred percent if he is if he is always doing everything he needs to do to be taking his game to the next level. I feel like he has done that this year, and I feel like he understands with 10 gone, Tyreek, the original 10, that, hey, I, I got to pick it up. And those things that he did are open probably for me. I think he takes a bigger step this year. And I'm not going to go any, go crazy and say that he's going to he's going to force the Chiefs to feel like they've got to sign him to a new contract at the end of the year. But I bet you we'll be having a conversation that says it's not crazy. I bet you at some point this year we'll be having a we can have a conversation that, hey, the Chiefs may not do it because they're going to bet on on other things. But it is at least a real conversation that they look at bringing McCole Hardman back. He looks different, as I said, and the great words of the great Therese Paler. He looks contract. The contract is undefeated different he looks at i've watched him in practice he is separating he is i mean he is i mean good competitions between him and mcduffie and all this he is uh, he is he is looking like a guy that is going to take his game to the next level i am i am beyond excited and amped to see mccole take another step what's your i think he is don't don't leave us hanging here you said you're gonna wait and not tell us what your comp is. <laughs> you forget about no, the I'm, no, comp. go ahead. I'll tell you my comp. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Do you go want ahead. us to respond first before we get the comp? Yes. Yes. I want you to respond. I'm just saying, you guys, the looks on your faces, the, the responses to my to my notion of this earlier on, your responses to it. I wish him, as I said, I think he, I think he might be able to get himself uh, at least in a conversation for a new contract. Certain. Ew, I'm not feeling it. Okay. <laughs> I wish him the very best next year as he can sign an $18 million contract with the Cardinals. You want to bring everything out? I'll bring it out you, too. You haters, you absolute haters. No, respond because you act like I'm saying craziness. Yes, I, last year, all he did was set a, a number two receiver record over Sammy Watkins, the most that we've ever seen by a second wide receiver since Patrick Mahomes has been here <laughs> coming from McCole Hardman. That's all he did. And I'm just saying, I think he takes another step and I have a comp. Go ahead. I think he's Christian Kirk. Kirk. I think that's what he is. And that's fine. Like being Christian Kirk is not a bad thing. Christian Kirk just got a lot of money from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's why I made the $18 million per year comment. I think he's going to end up going to the Cardinals to replace Christian Kirk because they really need Christian Kirk in that offense down in Arizona. The problem is Christian Kirk didn't have a breakout season until he was the number one wide receiver for Arizona. And I think this year you're probably going to see McColl in that same role. Like I, I'm excited about McColl as well for what he is. You don't I really think, sound like it. I, I think I just don't want to get overly excited about 
a guy who I think is probably going to be relegated to the number three, maybe even by the end of the year, number four wide receiver on this team. Oh like my! I, I, I think Juju is number the clear four, cut. and that's just among the receivers. I think if you add in tight end, he's like the number four, number five pass catcher on this roster. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, who do you have are the clear receivers that are in front of you? I think there is no doubt about it. The two that you can say, like write it in stone, Juju and uh, Travis Kelsey are going to be in front. Well, of I mean, Travis, I'm year. talking about receivers, wide sure. receivers. I understand I, the Kelsey. So Juju. I think you you will see MVS finish the year with more receptions and more yards than McColl will. I think that there's a chance by the second half of the season that Sky passes him up on the depth chart as well. And and that's not – I I think it's really important to remember the Chiefs wide receiver room is so much better this year than it was last year in terms of the depth. Demarcus Robinson was at times last year your number two wide receiver. He was just cut by the Vegas Raiders. Because he's not as good as their number five and six guys. Like you, your depth is so much better than what it what it has been in recent years. So that's going to make it tougher for McColl to get in there for five, six receptions a game. I think what you saw midway through the year last year, where he was two, two, one, two, two, three, one in terms of the receptions, but he was making bigger plays. I think that's what I'm expecting out of him this year. Not a volume guy, but he's going to have significant plays while he's on the field. I think there's like a 3% chance that he signs another contract with the Chiefs. And it's going to come down to, like we saw with Demarcus Robinson a couple years ago where he was a free agent. And everybody was like, nah, man, you're not that good. We're not that interested. And he wound up coming back to the Chiefs on a really cheap deal. Like and I that's think, how he can wind McCall's up being talented for that. I think there will be too many teams that want McColl next yeah. year. Other which teams will why, look at him and say, we we can do more yeah. with this. Which is why there's there's – hardly any chance that he's going to wind up signing with the chiefs again. Like he could play himself into a big contract. And I, even at one point this off season, I talked myself into man, the way they were utilizing him last season. If he steps into that, you know, that, that Tyreek role, like he stepped into it at the end of last yeah, year, keep doing it. Keep talking more, I could talk myself into it. And then it's just like, yeah, but I think Sky Moore can do a lot of that stuff. And Sky Moore's young and I think probably more overall talented than McCole Hardman is. I, I think that Juju is is just a better, more reliable wide receiver for this offense than McCole is and what we've seen from him in the past. Now you you could no, none of those guys me. are as explosive as him. None I of those agree. guys. Are. And you okay. could, you could, t- uh, and you could talk me into him being better than MVS. I don't have a lot of faith in MVS. I don't think MVS is is that great. Uh, maybe he is better with Patrick Mahomes, but he's already playing with Aaron Rodgers and wasn't particularly good. So I, I don't have that much faith in MVS. So maybe he can outplay him. And they're both really explosive wide receivers. I just think that we've already seen what they can get out of McCole Hardman. And it is, hey, he can be explosive sometimes in the right situations. You get him deep downfield or or you get him in a good design play and he can break one. But I think that's pretty much all that he is. Would you would you all agree that he will probably get a lot of the gadget stuff that we got? Like that, 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 like some of the gadget stuff, the reverses and things like that. You think that stuff? You think that stuff's going to Juju and Sky Moore? Sky, yeah, I think Sky. I think what we saw on Saturday is that Sky Moore is going to get a lot of that stuff. I think he's going to be utilized out of the backfield. I think he's going to be a guy that ends up getting a lot of those end rounds because Sky Moore is better going through contact than McColl is. McColl's faster, but 
straight line speed doesn't matter a whole lot if you're not able to break through tackle that first line of defense. And I think Sky is just better at that stuff that, than McColl has been. That's where I, I, I think I just I, I guess we'll just we'll see what they do. And I disagree. I, I think a lot of a lot of the things that that Tyreek did were some of the things that McColl probably would excel at or would be will give him the best chance to excel at. And I think he'll get a lot because he's he is their most explosive player now. I'm just uh, I'm just talking about speed wise, and I'll give the comp right now. All right, what I what what I see because I don't think third down and seven or eight that you're going at McColl. Like I, I'm not even gonna sit here and tell you. I think when you really need a play that you're going to McColl, and I don't think this guy was this way in his offenses. But I think he could he could be into a. I don't even want to say poor man's, but a medium's man's like Mike Wallace, like a guy down the field that was, you know, that big plays, that big plays that everybody had to account for that is, you know, a thousand yards or flirting with a thousand yards that came up with huge plays. And he was generally his team's leading receiver. I mean, he had a couple of really big seasons there. But I just, but but I don't, I don't think Mike Wallace was the guy that they went to when they really needed, you know, a, a like third down. We got to get it. I don't know that they were going that way, but he was making big plays, multiple a game. I like. I think that is a step that he could take is getting into, you know, not Mike Wallace at his top at his top. But Mike Wallace had a couple of years there with the Steelers where he was, you know, he was he was big time, but. Like I, I, I like that is a comp that I think he can step into. That's a good one, guys. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I know that left you. Speaking. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I do like that. I like the comparison. Right? I like it. So here's my here's my concern. Um, because oh it is it it's a it's a really interesting comparison. I think the guy that comps more to Mike Wallace though than McColl in this offense is MVS, and I know Serta, you're not as high on him, but. Just in terms of the size and the speed in playing through contact, I think those guys are more similar than McColl is. And I also need to see McColl just get better at tracking the ball down the field. Right now, McColl is better with run after catch than he is with the deep ball. Now, there were a couple of moments late last year where it looked like maybe it was starting to come together with that. And yeah, I, feel, I, feel like I've seen, I feel like I've seen that. I feel like I, that's where I picked up this year. I feel like I've seen him track it. He looks, he looks better. And in, 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 I was just been practice, but it, that, that seems to, to look a lot better than it does. And I, and I agree with you. I know what you exactly what you're talking about. Like sometimes he, you know, it would look like bad throws, but he, he's not seeing it. I feel like I, I've seen him get better with that. If he can do that, I, it's an interesting comp, but that's where that was the entire game for Wallace. I'm really fast. I'm gonna explode off this line of scrimmage. You can't. But he get wasn't your hands physical, right? Yeah, he wasn't. Not physical. too much, but he he yeah. was able to get through the defender yeah. and and play through contact. There have been times where that's an issue for McColl, and then tracking the ball down the field. That was the entire game for Mike Wallace. He was just gonna go over the top. He was like older version of Will Fuller. Will Fuller in his early career was just. I'm going deep and I'm going to catch the ball and you can't do anything about it. And Watson's going to throw it up and he, we're going to beat you guys at the deep ball. That has really not been McCool Hardman's game thus far in his career. Most of what he's done is quick slants, drags, 
uh, the little pop passes or something at the line of scrimmage. His ADOT, the average depth of target, some of the lowest in the NFL. So it's been different in the way that he goes about it. If he can add that dimension to his game, though, and he becomes more of a deep threat, sure, that's when that is possible. I'm just not sure that I'm ready to say that he's ready to take that step yet. I think that's going to be more of MBS's game because I've already seen him do that. That was his entire role when he was in Green Bay. And the the reason I would be a little cautious to assume that McColl could do that, it has to do with the physicality and the lack of physicality that he's shown so far. Like I was talking on one of our SB Nation NFL shows the other day. Shout out Kyle Posey of Niners Nation who brought this up. And it's, you know, these design plays like you're talking about out of the backfield, trying to utilize him, whether it's going to be McColl Hardman or Sky Moore. So much of that utilization is dependent on whether or not you can make the first guy miss. Now, McCole Hardman can make the first guy miss, but when the guy doesn't miss and when the guy is trying to tackle him, can he fight through the tackle? Who do you think is going to do a better job of that, Sky Moore or McCole Hardman? I would say it's going to be Sky Moore. I, I would say that Sky Moore has a much higher likelihood of breaking that tackle than McCole Hardman does, just based on what we've seen so far in his career which is how they decide a lot of times who's going to get those opportunities because sometimes more often than not, you're going to have to shed a tackle. It's not going to be as simple as just making the guy miss in the open field. But this is where it's really hard, Ron, is like he's the second best at everything in this offense. He almost kind of needs an injury before he can fit into any of those individual roles. Like the Juju pass catcher over the middle role, he's he's definitely not going to fit into that criteria. That's not him. Hold on. Who who is the – you think MVS is the best – Deep threat guy on this yes. team. Yeah. I, I think MVS yeah, I think, will finish the year with significantly more deep opportunities than than uh McCall Hardman will. I, guess I think the vast majority of MVS's targets this year will be deep targets. I think that's that's his whole game. <laughs> He's not really good at running anything else. Yeah, I, like to me, if I had to pick a guy that, that doesn't get as many t- t- snaps, he would be the guy. Because I, I like I, just, I think right now your two wide receiver set is going to be going into game number one, MVS and Juju. And then the third guy that comes onto the field is probably McColl. But I think Sky Moore pretty quickly could work his way into that. And that's why like this weekend, just as an aside, Sky Moore being able to work with the number one offense. Whoo, buddy, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, is that, so is that, stuff. is that one of the things you're looking at? It's it's the number one thing for me this weekend. Yeah, like Isaiah Pacheco, I think we saw everything we needed to see last week. You saw what you wanted to see out of the defensive guys. I'm going to be watching the corners again just because last week was a little bit of a mixed bag from them. Uh, Some really good stuff, but also playing the ball needs to be a little better. But the number one guy that I'm going to be watching is Sky Moore because the likelihood is McColl and Juju will both be out in this game. I want to see what Sky does when he gets probably 100% of the snaps with the number one unit. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that will be interesting to see. I, yeah, I mean, I, and I think they're really, really happy with him and and what he's done. And I think he should be. I mean, uh, he's he's played pretty well. And looks like he's going to be a big part. But yeah, I, I do want to see how he how he fare. I want to. I wonder how long he plays. I wonder how many. I wonder how many snaps he gets in this game. But no, he he will be a good watch. And I and and that's the thing is, I hope they focus on him. Like I, I hope there are design stuff, because I mean, listen, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't need to see Travis. As I've told you, I don't need to see him in, in the games at, at, anymore. I don't need to see Travis and and 
I be I I hope they really target him and that he's the first read and first option in a lot of stuff. I think he'll be the Juju replacement. Like I think this week, if McColl and Juju are indeed out, I think it'll be in, I think it'll be Sky in the Juju role with Watson in that um, McColl role early on in the game. This Watson fella, oh, he's he's about to really take this thing over. Oh, this, Justin Watson, this oh. Watson fella. As he's, I said, you all, he's, he's making this in. team. He's, he's locking his team. Number five, number yeah. five wide receiver on this football. Is your is your is he about to over, is he overtaking your guy? Uh, Darius Fountain's number six. He he's locked yeah. up a spot yeah. as well. D- Defoe's locked. He's he's a special <laughs> yeah. teams lock. He's come on. He's a bottom of the roster. Dave Tobe lock. We can we can lock it in. If you could bet on it, we would bet on it. He's locked in, huh? I yeah, can't believe you would even have to ask that question. I just thought it was just assumed. We, we're all on the same page here. Defoe's yeah. a lock. He's not going anywhere. Dave, Dave Tobe gets like the last four roster spots on this team. And is he, replaced, is he replaced Marcus Kemp as the guy 100%. now? 100%. He's, he's, but he's yeah. a better wide receiver. One of them can play the wide receiver position, and that's Defoe. I mean, he dropped one one no-look ball against the Chargers, and now you're just now he just can't play receiver. I mean, he's fine, but he's no default. Let's be honest here. Like, who can be? You know, it's hard. All right, let's get this. Uh, let's get this preseason over. Washington. Uh, no, we're not doing any predictions. Serta, uh, what you got? Stop. Um, nineteen stop. to Shut twelve. I'm not going to pick a team. That's just going to be the final score. Yeah, way. that that feels like a really good, really good score there. I'm not sure how they get to 19, but that feels feels good um i'm going 16 to 13 i i think the chiefs get back off the schneid they get back to their winning ways this week one and one in the preseason Whoop! <laughs> they can only wish to be the baltimore ravens 28 in a row as they're looking to uh as they're looking to win 29 in a row about that. Is it 21 i think it's 28 oh it's somewhere in the twenties. I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's it's twenty eight. <laughs> easily be right. It's the most amazing. I'm sorry. It's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no one's trying to win those games. This got, is the Joe DiMaggio streak. It NFL. is, man. It is. This the is Ravens the always got depth. I think Lamar this, Jackson was carrying a roster full of corpses last year. <laughs> I think. I think they've won twenty eight in a row. They're they're going for twenty nine. This is harder than Joe. Serta. Don't tell him, but it's 21. Don't tell him, though. <laughs> I, we'll I believe this in it for the listeners. I believe in 28. Um, did you look it up? Yeah. Damn it. Where did I get 28 from? <laughs> I'll just keep going with it. They've, they've won it 28. They've won 28 in a row. I think the 28 in a row as they go for 29 is more difficult than Joe DiMaggio's streak, um, Lou, Lou Gehrig and Cal Ripken's streak. I mean, the odds of just keep winning almost 30 games in a row is, is, is insane. I've never seen anything like Brilliant that. Brilliant coaching. In, in two years building. when they get to 29, man, it's going to be wild. <laughs> <laughs> they get to 29 coming up this week. That damn week, Martindale. I'm telling you. God. <laughs> did he lose his job? That's bull crap. He should have lost his job over that. off of that. Off of that. All right. Showing BK on the Chiefs. We are out. <laughs>